0: Hello and welcome, esteemed gamers, friends, listeners. It is Layton here from Leighton Night with Brian Wecht, and I just wanted to tell you that if you're looking to get even more podcast goodness to put in your face, then we've got just the thing for you, which is the official Leighton Night Patreon. We have several tiers where you can get access to recommendation lists for every episode, listen to Patreon-exclusive mini-sodes, get into the super awesome fan Discord, and watch videos like Brian's songwriting process for jingles on the show or me taking apart and cleaning my mechanical keyboards. It's really fun and cool, and we super appreciate your support. It's neat. We would love to see you there. Without any further ado, here's the episode. Enjoy. Love you. Bye.
1: How are you doing, Rachel? I'm good. You know, it's hard to say if anything has changed, you know, because not much has changed for me, really. Since? Ever. (laughs) Like I'm still in the house. I'm still, you know, I don't know. People think like, oh God, I've graduated college and I'm 22, 23 years old or I'm 25 years old and I don't know what to do with my life. But you know, it's like, it's much worse when you're like 40, going to be 44 and you're like, there's no way you're that old. No, I am. I will be. Yeah, I know. Goodbye. It was nice (laughs) knowing you. When's your birthday? October. So I have time. So I'm still 43, but it's just one of those things where it's like what am I doing? Like, what should I do with my life? (laughs) Like, like, I don't have a thing yet. I'm 43 years old and I don't have a thing. I think you have a thing. I mean, I do and I don't to, to a certain extent. I was thinking about this the other day. When you're in the arts, and I'm speaking for myself as an artist, and I know a lot of other artists and stuff don't necessarily... Work the same way I do, but I always had a plan B or a backup or a full time job or something because I liked comfort. <laughs> I didn't want to live in a building or like an apartment with like 20 other people so that we could all pay $5 and I'd live in a closet. I liked going out to eat and having health insurance. So I had a job and I kept being like, This is just my backup. This is just my backup. This is just my backup. But when your thing that you think is your A plan, doesn't go anywhere. And I mean this in the nicest way. I'm not trying to pick on myself, but like when your A plan doesn't go anywhere, you realize like, oh, the B plan is actually my A plan. <laughs> my A plan is now my B plan. And right now I'm kind of planless a little bit, which is frustrating. It's aggravating.
2: Well, and it's been hard to make any plans for the past year Yeah. anyway, right? Especially for a live performer.
1: Well, exactly. And that's also the other thing is really also trying to figure out what it is that I like about this business and what it is that I want to keep doing in this business. And I realize I like live performing. I like interacting with people. Now, I am speaking as somebody who doesn't have like a heck of a lot of experience in TV or film. I've done a few things and it's weird, you know, because like if you're doing comedy in a TV thing for a film or whatever without a live audience, nobody can laugh because it ruins the take or, you know, so everybody just kind of sits there and you're like, is this going anywhere?
0: Yeah, there's no feedback. You're just kind of in your own head about it. No feedback. And I'm
1: an improviser and I've been an improviser for forever and ever and ever. And that's how I know like, okay, this is not working or this is working great because of direct and immediate feedback. And so now I'm kind of figuring out like, do I like Not really acting into a void, but I'm like, is any of this working? Is any of this doing anything for you? And this is something I was talking to Brian about too and telling people when I'm doing these auditions, self-tape auditions, that's just also me to my cell phone. And you get no feedback from that. Like the casting agents don't call and say, oh, here's what I liked and here's what I didn't like. It's just nothing. It's just acting into a void. So is that what I want to do still with my life? And if not, then what do I do? And I know, you know, I've still got, God, what, a good 80, 90 years left in me.
2: Sure. Well, once we Kurzweil this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be living to 300.
1: I know. But I'm like trying not to panic at the same time, panicking. Because, you know, older people tend not to get hired for things. And I'm, not, you know, not old, but. Listen, like I'm Midwesting all over this. I'm equivocating everything. Like, oh, I'm not trying to say that I'm old, but, you know, I am kind of old. And anyway, you know, like that's just kind of (laughs) what's.
2: She has family that actually talks like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do an impression of your mother. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I demand it.
1: (laughs) Well, my mom is very like, hi, hon, it's mom. Um, I'm just calling because I just wanted to tell you the dog did really good today you would have been so proud of him uh he went to the vet and wasn't scared at all I'm just so proud of him because he works so hard at being such a good boy and I'm just like mm-hmm. good for the dog and then she's like Charlie come here and talk to Rachel Yeah. and I'm like hi Charlie good job today at the vet
0: Is Charlie a good boy?
1: We've never met him.
2: Yeah, not personally, yeah. Yeah, Charlie is a new-ish dog. What, a year
1: now, maybe? Yeah, he's a pandemic, not a puppy. Like, he's a rescue. God bless my mother. Like, of course, he has a lot of issues. Not only health issues, but, like, mental issues. And whether or not this is actually real. I mean, I'm not saying my mom's a liar, but she does, like... Maybe she exaggerates
2: a little bit. She exaggerates.
1: My mom likes drama. I'm sure Charlie has anxiety and things, you know, but I think she puts a lot on him. Like, I always just kind of imagine when she calls me that he's just, like, sitting in a recliner with, like, a glass of bourbon and, like, a blanket, just going, you did it today, Charlie. You did it.
2: had <laughs> <laughs> another good day, Charlie. You're killing it. What well, do you remember? I know you remember. And I don't know why I'm asking, Layden, if you remember this, because you definitely wouldn't. But when she got their previous dog, Maverick, mm. like, right as soon as she got the dog she was like brian you're really gonna like this dog because he's really smart
0: yeah
2: (laughs) and i was like that's not really my criterion on which i judge how much i like dogs some of my favorite dogs are the biggest idiots i've ever met
0: honestly the dumber an animal it is the more i like that animal like the less is going on between the ears i love you i don't trust a smart animal yeah, I was kind of like, what kind of relationship do you think the
1: two were
2: going to have? What does smart mean in this context? Exactly. Like Maverick, can you read this paper I wrote? <laughs> I'm looking for feedback on section three.
1: I will say in my mom's defense, I mean, you are very good at fetching things. Yeah, no, that's fair. I can be like, Brian, hand. Brian, yeah. other hand. Like, you're very good at these I kinds can of obey things.
2: I simple commands some of the time.
1: Yeah.
2: R.I.P. Maverick, though.
1: I know. Oh. Poor
0: Maverick. But yeah, now we have Charlie and we've moved on. It's just so sad to me that dogs can also have anxiety. Like, that's one of the things that I respect and love about my dog, where it's like, you don't have to worry about shit. You are so spoiled. All you have to do is get cuddled. Yeah.
2: And yet she's still a ball of fear.
0: Always, constantly. You have a small
1: dog, right?
2: She's like this big. For those who are listening. It was the size of a very large potato.
0: Well, I was thinking, actually, it looked more like a homemade sourdough bread loaf. Like, Mm -hmm. that is actually accurate. Like a sourdough loaf with very long legs. Sourdough on stilts.
2: (laughs) Nice. I had a girlfriend once who said she loved unflattering nicknames and asked me to come up with the most unflattering nickname I could for her. For her? Yeah. What Uh, was it? Sourdough. And she was like... (laughs) That's perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember when you used to call me Tiny or Tiny Muffin. That was like uh-huh. a nickname you gave me. I still do that sometimes. Sometimes. We were at his cousin's house for Thanksgiving, and you asked me for something. They were like, hey, Tiny, can you get me this or that, something from the fridge or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his cousin, who's older than him and me, it came up to me, and she was like, are you okay with him calling you Tiny. And I was like, well, why wouldn't I be?
2: She thought I was saying it in like an ironically dismissive way. It's
1: basically <laughs> that he was calling me fat. Yeah. But also like trying to ask somebody why you think you should be offended is a really good way to get that other person really anxious. Cause I was like, what do you think he's saying? And she's like, I don't know. I just, I just thought <laughs> you I'm like, but what are you insinuating? Cause clearly she got offended for me. So I'm like. Oh, so you think
0: I'm fat. And that's what this is all boiling <laughs> just, just down to. Instant open mouth insert foot. Oh,
2: yes. Yeah. It reminds me of that strategy that I'm sure you both know, but it was news to me on when a dude is saying something inappropriate to you. You're like, so explain that to me. Not even explain it why it's funny. Just so why do I need to smile more? What curtains and what drapes? Yeah, right. <laughs> Isn't it carpet? Oh, it's
1: carpet. Yeah, I know. I just realized that.
2: Do the curtains match the drapes? <laughs> well... Yes, they do. They're the same thing.
1: But if you don't have carpeting, wouldn't it be two sets of drapes? I'm just saying. hey That's right. hey Hey-o. Hey, lady parts. Lady parts there. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite Not song.
2: Commenting on that. Although, maybe I'll put a little thing under that.
1: I think we told you this. I don't know if we told you. So... <laughs> I do children's theater sometimes, which is great. I volunteer with an organization. The, the rabbit? Yes, bits. the rabbit. Exactly. I did the Velveteen Rabbit. So they're going to be doing another, they only do two shows a year, like spring or a fall. This is very good. You know where this is going? Where the spring and the fall show. The fall show they want to do is Peter Pan. And the producer of the show said to me, that she wants me to be Captain Hook. Would I be willing to be Captain Hook?
2: Are we spoiling anything by announcing this on the podcast? I don't think so. I don't think, okay, great.
0: Do the children listen to this podcast just <laughs> religiously? Our biggest demo is five
2: to eight.
1: <laughs> so I was talking to Audrey about this, and I said... Audrey, so the children's theater that I work for, you know, where I did the Velveteen Rabbit, they want me to be Captain Hook. What do you think? Would I make a good Captain Hook?
2: By the way, we were at Disney at the time, right? Oh, yeah,
1: because we were in line for the Peter Pan ride. That's how this came up. And I said, you know, do you think mommy would make a good Captain Hook? And she turns to me and she goes, yeah. And then she grabs my stomach in her (laughs) hands and she goes, because you got a big fat belly. (laughs) And like shakes my (laughs) And then she turns around and just kind of goes about her business. And I look at Brian and I'm like dying. I'm laughing. And he goes, yeah, because when you say Captain Hook, the first thing you think about
2: <laughs> it is, not, the is hook. not that he has a hook hand,
1: it's that he has a big fat belly. And then I was like,
2: name mm-hmm. one depiction of <laughs> Captain Hook in popular media who is anything but a broomstick. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's like he's got big hair, big nose. I don't think she knows who Captain oh, Hook is. No idea. <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe just heard Captain and assume. Exactly.
1: Maybe she thinks I'm Blackbeard or something. I don't know where she's getting, but I'm just like,
0: okay? <laughs> like, yeah. I guess that's a little bit more honest than, like, yeah. are you okay with being called tiny?
1: Yeah, exactly. And then she's like, are you okay, mommy, with being Captain Hook? Like, are you all right with that? Like, what that insinuates? Like, I don't know. No, I mean, by the by, I'm not at all offended by this. She loves everything about Oh, she loves everything about me. But she'll do things like she'll grab, you know, the little bat wings you
0: get like over your bra and stuff. I love calling them bat wings. I've never heard that before. She
1: will grab them and go squeeze, squeeze, squeeze your bumpies. Like this is just stuff she does. And then I'm just like, okay, whatever. (laughs) You know, because to her, like this is the ideal. This is the ideal. Yeah. That she can't wait until she's an adult with Big boobies and big tummy. So this is all she wants. I love this. Yeah. No, and it's very funny.
2: She says pretty regularly, like, oh, I can't wait to have some boobies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, dear.
1: And then Brian's like, excuse me, I have to go cry for a yeah. while. And, yeah. <laughs> Honey, it is not as fun. <laughs> oh, I know. She has no idea what she's in for. Get ready for the back pain <laughs> and going
0: downstairs.
1: <laughs> That's right. We actually have weird conversations like because she'll ask especially now that summer is approaching, We'll be driving somewhere and she'll point to somebody jogging, like a man jogging without a shirt on. Just, you know, how come men can run around without shirts on, but girls can't? I mean, I try to keep it simple. Like girls have boobies. You're just not supposed to show your boobies. So we don't. And then she's like, oh, well, that doesn't seem fair. I'm like, it isn't. Free the boobie. Free the boobie. But just one, because we got to
0: start slow.
2: Keep people guessing. got (laughs) to get
0: people used to it. So that everybody's like, wait, what's going on there? Captain Hook sounds like the most fun thing. Oh my gosh, yes. You just get to be a large ham. Exactly. Do you
2: know what kind of voice you're going to do yet? I don't. Can you give us some options? Mm. This whole podcast is going to be me pimping you into (laughs) impressions. Well,
1: I don't know. I mean, it depends on if, you know, do I want to do like a boo kind of, you know, like Captain Hook where you're like, Smee, Smee, where's the crocodile? I got to do something I can sustain in a live performance. Mm -hmm. You know, so I can't go too crazy.
0: That sounds pretty fucking delightful. Though. Thank you. I like to go big.
2: What about like a De Niro and Taxi Driver kind of <laughs> Travis Pickle, <laughs> Captain Hook? Just a New York accent. Isn't it kinda. just De Niro? You know, yeah, pretty much.
1: You clocking at me? <laughs> you, you clocking at me, crocodile? I'm amazing. You can book me if you're a talent <laughs> person out there. You can book me. I have my own website. I actually do a pretty good Mickey Mouse
2: Okay. You want to hear that? You can't say you do it and then not do it.
1: <laughs> hey, guys. How's it going? I really like being on your podcast. Are we going to talk about junk and stuff? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I had dental surgery yesterday, and I can't smile. Oh, honey, I'm sorry. So keep making me laugh, I'm and sorry. it hurts.
1: Your, your eyes are watering.
0: Oh, baby, I'm so sorry. It's fine. Wait, you had dental surgery yesterday?
2: I did.
1: He did. He's not like a
2: big smiler anyway, but... I'll give you my biggest smile.
1: He's mostly talking like this.
2: Yeah, I have to keep my mouth kind of somewhat... Cl- it doesn't hurt to talk, but when I'm about to laugh, it's, it hurts. What, what did you have done? One of my teeth had some pretty bad gum recession from jaw clenching. So they did a a gum graft. Well, apparently what they did is they go in, they pry your gum away from your teeth and they stick a bunch of cadaver gum. Cadaver gum? Yes, it's from cadavers, I asked. And they stick it in there and then it just kind of like takes or doesn't. And if you're careful about it, it'll take. The doctor said it will fix like 80% of the problem, which is great.
0: So you have dead man gums now. I
2: have dead man gums in my mouth, yeah.
1: I'm technically cheating on him. Yes. Like anytime we have smoochies, I'll be like cheating on him. Yeah. With whoever. With his own mouth. Yeah. yeah. But I was thinking like, also it's always that trope of like, so now is his jaw going to be evil?
2: Yeah. Because <laughs> we don't know. It's literally like two millimeters of gum on one tooth.
1: Yeah. But it's in your head. And no, that could true. like. We've all it seen migrates, this Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah <laughs> migrates up into your brain. And takes yeah. over.
2: <laughs> well, they also, they did this thing where, never had a dentist draw blood before. So they drew blood and then centrifuged it and put some of the white blood cells in the gum because he said that promotes healing faster. So is that right? I don't know. This is so metal. I've never heard of that being done with teeth. He did a cool thing too. I didn't tell you this. He took before and after pictures. So they have a little like camera on a stick, stick in mouth. And then the after picture, he's like, okay, so this is where I stuck the thing in your gum underneath to pry it away from your
0: tooth
2: (laughs) and this is you know what it looks like and they had to do stitches in the mouth and this yeah it's great
0: yeah Inevitably, now that I'm fully vaccinated, I have to get back on the getting a rhinoplasty train.
2: Oh, right. Because you were about to do that.
0: Yeah. Because my nose is completely fucked. And like, it's going to have to be like a very invasive, like, fix the entire deal thing so I can actually breathe, which I'm nervous about because I have a relative who got a rhinoplasty and was aware, like, had anesthesia awareness and (laughs) felt everything. Oh, my God. So terrified about
2: that. That is terrifying. But
0: she's a redhead and supposedly. If you were oh, a redhead. Yes, 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 yes. I heard this. It happens. Re- yes, Anesthesia yes.
2: awareness? Really? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: She felt the blood, oh. like, going down her throat.
2: Did she feel pain? Yeah. <sighs> oh, God. And could
0: hear the doctors being like, fuck, 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 because they, like, knew. Anyway, so I have to do that. But when I get it done, I'm going to be like, hey, can you guys take pictures of my face flayed open? Just for my own right. I Like, I, I want to see it.
2: Yeah. Do they really have to, like, cut open your... Nose?
0: Essentially, yeah. I mean, when I got my wisdom teeth removed when I was in high school, I had two nasal cysts on both sides that were like blocking my entire cavity. Oh my god. And I essentially have them again because if you have nasal cysts, they will just keep
2: coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. So it's like in your sinuses is a giant yeah. cyst. So
0: I have a severely deviated septum.
2: Which is just how you're built.
0: Yeah, or I got...
2: whapped or something, yeah.
0: I have no idea. But then I have two collapsed nasal canals too, which is why I have little Voldemort slits. And then I have the cysts. So when they drilled through my gums to drain the cysts the first time, I imagine that they'll have to do that again. And then also all the... Oh my God. That stuff. Are they going to be able to remove this cyst? Yeah, it's just like draining it. Yeah. Well, I don't know where that liquid goes.
1: Are you concerned it's going to change your voice? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a bad way, but honestly, you know what? I would love it if like they wake you up and they're like, "Laden, how are you feeling? And you're
0: like, oh, it's actually quite delightful.
2: <laughs> I thought you were going to go for it. how are you feeling? Good.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel great. Why? What's up? I'm like pretty nasal anyway, so I'm curious too. I mean, mostly I would just like to be able to breathe. Yeah. But what if you get more nasal? What if you're like, oh my God. just like, fully. I live in Los Angeles. I'm going to go get my (laughs) lip fillers and eat some kale.
2: Cafe Gratitude. (sighs) Uh, Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I just mostly want the gore pics of my own face. It'll probably just make you sound slightly less congested. And you don't sound, like, very congested at all, but but you sound, like, a little congested.
0: I'm like a big sniffler. I would love to stop doing that, please. This will be interesting. Yeah. Also, because it will, like, change the way my nose looks. Yeah.
2: Do you have problems breathing?
0: Oh, this is the whole thing. I can barely breathe through my nose. On a bad day, it's, like, nothing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it sucks. I also am very sensitive to allergies. Oh, I have no doubt. Bad. Don't like it. Because some days I wake up and like full sinus headache. Oh, my gosh. Not super good. Don't recommend it. (laughs) But because it's a functional rhinoplasty, insurance will cover it. And so the, like, wink-wink thing is, well, if you want to get anything cosmetic done in there, you can. Oh, so. go big. Get a real big one. Just huge schnoz. Just a yeah. big old... I love a big nose. I love big eyebrows. I love no, a big I nose. I mean, I'm not
1: saying that to be disparaging, but it's like that whole thing of, like, if you can get it free, just go big. <laughs> yeah. As
0: well, because just... well, so
1: many people yeah. get the, like... Oh, do not do that. No, 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 no. Dear God, no. Folks, she you pushed her nose up
2: a little, little, do the little pug nose I thing. I didn't even know. That's, like, a thing people get. Yeah. You turn it up a little. Oof. I, like, follow our slash botched surgeries, which yeah, is a well, terrible sub. Yeah, no, thank you. But,
0: like, people get their jaws, like, mm-hmm. squared off in that giga-chad way. Yeah, <laughs> And it's like, oh, that seems so uncomfortable. Do you remember
1: the reality show The Swan? No. Okay. This was a horrible TV show. It's like the whole get it ugly duckling to a swan thing where people would get really big plastic surgeries, like not just simple things like you're saying, like I can't breathe, I would like to breathe. It's like people would change their entire faces, their entire bodies. The one episode that I saw was a couple who were both going under the knife and both getting radical plastic surgery done. And they were doing it before their wedding because they wanted to be perfect for their wedding. And they were so excited and so in love and can't wait to like start their family together. And all I thought to myself was, You're going to have kids and your kids are going to look like the way you used to look. And then what? Are you going to hate that kid?
2: Well, that's why you have to get DNA surgery too, (laughs) to make sure that your DNA changed.
1: Well, think about it. Like these people looked nothing like their original selves. I would just feel like if that came out and I was the kid, you know, they probably wouldn't even keep old pictures of themselves or whatever. And being just like, who am I? Yeah, like what's
0: wrong with my face if these
2: features... Exactly. So
1: somebody find that couple, see if they have kids. I want to know. Are the kids okay?
2: I'm so conflicted about so much of plastic surgery because obviously people should be allowed to do whatever the fuck they want to themselves. On the other hand, I hate the stupid beauty standards that are kind of making people think they should get plastic surgery.
0: Yeah, and the people who get like quote unquote, addicted to it. And then doctors who continue to take advantage of people where it's like, there's no way like this level is healthy. No. Like really subtle lip fillers look amazing. But yeah. like people keep doing it.
2: Do those go away after a while? Yes, they dissolve.
0: Yeah. But like- Where do they dissolve? You know, those goldfish that have the big eyes and if they bump against the tank, they explode. I would be so afraid <laughs> of that with my is lips. Is that
2: a thing? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> there are goldfish that have bug eyes and if they bump against the tank, the- Whole fish blows up.
0: <laughs> no, their eyes will like pop. Oh, uh, okay. That's terrible. It's the same with the ones with the big, like, lumpy heads. They get mm. worked up yeah. and then
2: they. Pff. It reminds me of pugs. Oh, where yeah. Where if they run face first into a wall, they're at risk of an eyeball popping out.
0: I get so excited when I see a pug because they're so cute, and immediately I'm just like, why did we do this? Same thing
2: with English bulldogs. Yeah. Wait, that's the The ones one, that right? yeah, look like those like in like, Churchill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're so cute, and they have such massive health problems all the time.
0: Real bad hip stuff, too, in those dogs. Similar with dachshunds. Like, their backs are so awful. When I adopted, maybe they were warning, like, don't let her do a bunch
2: of big jumps. No skateboarding.
0: (laughs) And she does not listen to that when she is always
2: shredding at the skate park. Yeah, no. I saw her (laughs) grind a sick ollie and do a 720 the other day.
0: You know, I keep running into people with Razor scooters. Like, we were getting uh, drinks with Brent and company and (laughs) there was a guy who was just doing sick, like, I don't know what you call it, but like a 180 where you like flip the entire... Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Like twist it around. Aren't those the ankle destroyers? Yeah, yeah, because you whap it with your foot. So it goes all the way around for a 360.
0: Yeah. Vern and I were both like, holy shit! And Brent was like, this is the most excited I've seen either of you ever.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I took Audrey to a park in Malibu about a month ago and they had a little skate park where there was a kid on a Razor scooter just going nuts. And now I really want to bring her back there like Mm -hmm. in the middle of the day and just let her go wild on her little scooter, you know, with a helmet on and everything.
0: Aaron has a really cool scooter that he carries around and I really want to get a scooter. We got the ones that have the big wheels, not the little wheel. Yeah.
2: You guys go on scoots we together. We go scoots.
1: Oh, I want to go scooting with you guys. Oh, I love it. I will say, though, I misjudged something once. Sometimes you can go over a little bump, and sometimes the scooter's like, no, thank you, not today. And I hit a bump, and I went ass over tea kettle over the top of that thing. I hit all my lady bits on everything. Ugh. And, of course, there was, like, a person walking the dog who stopped to look at me, and I had to do the whole... <laughs> he's funny. <laughs> okay, let's limp home now.
2: It's the wee. I meant to do that.
1: Except I was in
0: so much pain. I
2: remember And that. then I
1: had to take Audrey back home. I'm like, let's go home. Come on. <laughs>
0: Incredible. Oh. Yeah, there are just so many places for the scooter to fuck you up. Just, oh, I know. Because of the height,
1: I've gotten whacked in the ankle. I'm, oh my gosh. Luckily, Audrey has not
0: had yeah. too much problems. As a child, you get to the scooter tragedy and then you just swear it off. I am so glad that Heelys are no longer in vogue. Oh, yeah. Because when I was a child, I was obsessed with my Heelys mm-hmm. and wore them everywhere and like go to Home Depot or Walmart because that's always like the good floor. And oh, yeah. You, you would get the announcements like, there are no wheeled shoes allowed in the Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a park near me that I loved going to that had like a mile trail around and there was a part that had a huge hill. Nice. Oh, God. And I would always go down that huge hill. And then one time I went down, rock got stuck and did a full body sprawl. Oh, oh no, like face. Yes. I, I still have scars from that. Really? Because it was like both elbows, hip, both knees. And my dad had to like carry me on his shoulders as I was like bleeding everywhere and covered in gravel. Oh.
1: I don't know if they have this anymore because <laughs> these generation of kids that came up after us are too weak. But the merry-go-rounds, the playground ones, yeah, where it's like you run to get it to spin and then you'd hop on it and it spins and spins yeah. and spins. And somebody always had to like hop off of it and run and you would take turns and stuff. And I remember doing that once on a school field trip and I was the runner and I'm running and running and I tripped Ooh. and got dragged around by that thing. Why I didn't let go. People are screaming at me, just let go. But I just hung on tighter. And it was gravel, like the little pebble gravels. And it just tore the hell out of my leg, my knee, particularly. And I remember my mom takes me to the doctor and the doctor's cleaning up my leg. And he's like, you know, it always amazes me. Little girls always come in here and they have all these scabs and bruises and stuff all over their legs. And then they grow up and have such lovely legs. I remember that. (laughs) I remember that and being like, and my mom like, "Ah, (laughs) you
0: know, and I'm, oh God. You like always remember that shit. Oh no, I know.
1: It sticks with you forever. Yeah. Those things are yeah. Burned in your mind. Like how my daughter always reminds me every time I'm like, okay, let's go for a bike ride or a scoot.
2: This happened like three years ago, probably.
1: She was two. You remember that time, mom, when you pinched my chin in my helmet?
2: Yes. (laughs) Because you fucking tell us every time. You tell me
1: every time. (laughs) And I was
2: there. I don't know if I ever told you this story. I was only in one bad bike accident. It's when I was in grad school. Oh, I know this. I was teaching like Princeton Review classes at night to earn a little extra money. And I was teaching the GMAT. Do you know what that's for? No. Business school. And I was biking back from where I was teaching it, which was like basically on campus, but I had to bike home. And I was going down like a driveway And there was a speed bump, and I didn't see it, and I took it too fast, and I just flipped straight over the handlebars. Yeah, this is before I wore contacts; I was wearing glasses, Mm. and the glasses like dug into the side of my head, and just blood like everywhere. Broken glasses, horrible. But I still had to like figure out how to get somewhere all by myself. You know, didn't have a cell phones before cell phones, and so I like get down to the main drag on campus, which was like a, a. big road but it was at night so there was no one really there and so I'm walking my bike I have my glasses hanging off my head because I still need them on to be able to see everything I have blood like coursing down the sides of my head (laughs) and I'm like please please someone help me please someone help me like I just I just need to get to somewhere where I can call an ambulance or get home or something and I see this guy kind of standing by a streetlight and I'm walking up to him and he goes oh, my God, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And I'm like, oh, thank God, my savior. And then the guy goes, do you know what time it is? And I was like, do you see my face? And this guy goes, oh, yeah, sorry, man, and leaves. And I was like, <laughs> what the absolute fuck is going on? Like, what a monster. I mean, I'm sure I didn't look like the kind of person he wanted to hang out with, but.
0: Bleeding person.
2: yeah. But then, you know, I got home and got to the hospital. I don't know if you ever noticed, probably not, because I still have a scar right there
0: from this. It's hard
2: hard to see. Yeah, I see it. But right on the corner of my eye, yeah. Yeah. All Mm. because of my stupid GMAT Princeton review class. One (laughs) of the guys wouldn't even tell me what he was doing, and he said he started a business, and I asked him what it was, and he said it was proprietary, and I'm still mad about it.
0: That's really (laughs) fucked
2: up. Yeah. Also, why would you let a 23-year-old teach you about the GMAT? Come on.
1: That was like that sketch class we took where the last yeah. day of sketch class is at UCB, New York. And the guy's like, any questions you have like at all?
2: He's like, I'm an open book.
1: Q&A, anything you want to know.
2: How do I make it in comedy? Kind yeah. Of. Oh, and so people
1: were like, oh, okay. And then he goes, before your questions and stuff, like, I'm not going to introduce you to my agent or any agents, So don't ask that. So somebody asked him, like, when you're writing like spec scripts for things... Like, what spec scripts do you write? What shows do you write spec scripts for? And he's like, um, I'm not going to tell you that because, like, I think I have some pretty good ones and I don't want, like, a bunch of people. Oh, my God. And basically every question that people ask, I'm not going to tell you that because, and it's like, <laughs> like yeah, because I'm sure you're super good at it. That's why you're still here. <laughs> I don't want to
2: say who the guy was. I've checked him out. He's still, like, a working writer and stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, he was very nice. But it's just like, don't do the open book thing yeah. if you're not willing to actually answer questions right. because you think everybody's your competition.
0: Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. We're going to steal your Sopranos go to space spec script.
2: <laughs> so you stopped the sketch after that. That was 101. I took yeah. 201. And that class was amazing. It was with this guy, Michael Delaney, who was like a comedy wizard. And actually several people in that class went on to do amazing stuff. In particular, Tracy Wigfield, oh, yeah. who like was on 30 Rock for a while mm-hmm. and oh. has done a ton. Like, She's acted oh, wait, in a bunch who, of stuff. who was
0: she on 30 Rock?
2: She was a writer on 30 oh, Rock. Oh,
0: okay, okay.
2: In some of the later seasons. Mm-hmm. And maybe even ended up being like a, you know, as you go up the chain a little bit, maybe yeah. it was like a story supervisor or something. I can't remember. And then I think she acted... And the show Good News. Oh. I think that was her. Or she wrote or on she it. Or she created it or something. Funny. But she's had an amazing career. Yeah. I remember her being like really, really funny in that class. And then a bunch of other people too. Like yeah. so this would have been 2008 or nine. Yeah. And so it's like 10 years later, you can be like, Oh my god, people are like doing stuff and having careers. Yeah. It's yeah. it's really great. It was, this was pre-NSP Bam. for me too. Yeah.
0: Wow. What was the sketch class that you shared? Like, do you have any good tales? It was a one-on-one. So this just a basic, like, these
1: are those beats. This is-
2: The game. The
1: game, the beats. Like, don't make it 4,000 pages long. Like, you know, just let's see if you can bang it out. Like, it's yeah. also just like writing as much- New
2: thing every week.
1: New thing every week. And then also, like, we would pass them around and
2: have people read them and stuff. I really loved it, actually. I took sketch classes there. I took a couple at the Pit, mm-hmm. which was a nearby theater, too. I loved taking those sketch classes, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know what I learned exactly, because it's all just like making your writing better yeah. Yeah. gradually. You know, UCB is all about the game. Mm-hmm. What is the game of the scene? How can you heighten the game? Mm. And they're very focused on, on that, which precludes a lot of brilliant sketches, but it's their style, so who cares?
1: Yeah. They're obviously just teaching their thing.
2: I remember this guy, Michael Delaney, would always talk about, what is the unusual thing? Every sketch needs one unusual thing. hmm I never quite understood it, I think, in the way that I should have. But I remember him saying, so if, like, your sketches, you've got a a talking dog. Your talking dog is not the unusual thing, possibly, because maybe that's just the world you live in. So you have to, like, separate it from the ambient world and then have the thing that makes the sketch interesting. Mm -hmm. I think You Should Leave did this really well, where every sketch is about kind of a monster and... (laughs) You know, there's always someone there who's just like, well, come on, dude. Like, the whole point of that show is predicated on the one unusual thing being a guy or a, mm-hmm. just a person who's acting like a complete idiot. That's probably a good distillation of that. Like, the focus group sketch, right, with that, where there's the... What's his name? Ruben? Astinke. That guy. I have not seen it. Oh, it's the best. But that's what the one piece of advice I remember from that sketch class. That guy... Delaney, he's been in a ton of stuff. He acts in movies, good writer, just one of these comedy superstars. I do remember him saying, if you're asking me how to be successful at comedy, remember that I do teach comedy for a living. And so maybe I'm not as successful as some of the people that (laughs) you want to be. He was just very self-aware and and I remember liking his class a lot.
1: Yeah. You know, everybody knows what a good teacher is like and you can tell who's there simply because they need the money and it's a flexible schedule and who's there because they actually enjoy what they're doing and or enjoy teaching it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
1: you can really tell like who really enjoys teaching this and who's just here because it's the only way they can get their group on stage or it's another way to make a little bit of money while they're waiting for something else. Like you always knew which ones were which and that can really make or break a
2: comedy class. Especially in improv where if you, you need a group, mind. Yeah. And then if the teacher is just like, all right, well, I guess yeah. we got to do this again. It's right. so not fun.
1: It is what it is. Remember
2: we had that one improv teacher. This is at the pit. We were taking improv together, which is a travesty because Rachel is infinitely better than I am. So the fact that we were at all on the same level is a joke. But they let you put in feedback for the class as was approaching. And we put in our feedback for the class. And I left... A very measured but mildly critical comment about the teacher slash the way of doing things that, you know, I wasn't like, I hate this class. This guy sucks. I was like, hey, I think here's something that could be done better. And this is kind of, you know, having a negative outcome on at least my experience. But they sent out the survey before the class was over. And I guess the guy looked at it. And then for the last (laughs) two weeks of class, just like visibly hated me.
0: Oh my God, I've had one of those. And
2: I was just like, come on, dude. Like, I like you, you know? This is not like, I think you suck. It's like, hey, here's some feedback. But also, they shouldn't let them look at it before the end of class. Come the fuck on.
0: Yeah, I had a terrible, terrible teacher at my art school that I went to who I hated the entire time because he drew on a certain big comic in the 90s and thought he was very hot shit for having done so. And he was Mm. like old white guy Was it Garfield? <laughs> I was about to say yeah, was it? I fucking wish. Yeah. <laughs> um He
2: was Garfield.
0: That would have been way cooler. But he was just very very like sexist and strict and if you didn't have the explicit like Marvel DC style, he was very pissed at you. So of course classmates with cartoony stuff. Anyway, he was awful. I was so pissed at this guy. Yeah, that class. Hated him gave the you know feedback form and then also like I warned people like do not take this guy's class this is terrible and then from then on forth I think specifically because of that he would like talk to his classes and be like i don't know if you've heard anything about me or my class you know i'm doing my thing and some things have been thrown around it's like dude you brag about like here's my stories from the industry and all the stories would be him getting fired because he was being an asshole
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Or was he just being, like,
0: Maybe
2: too he was real? keeping it real. Yeah. yeah. I'm from New Jersey. I know a lot about keeping yeah. it real. That's what I do.
1: I had a Shakespeare teacher my freshman year of college. Um, it was a 301 class, but there was no prerequisites. Like, you didn't have to take, like, 101 or, like, intro to British literature or anything like that. You could just take the Shakespeare class as a theater major. So I'm like, oh, this will be good. I'll take a Shakespeare class. First of all, she was a nun because I went to a Catholic women's college. And she seemed shocked that a freshman was in the class, a freshman who was also not an English major. She loved her English majors, wasn't so thrilled about a theater major, which I'm like, this is Shakespeare. People don't go to like, just like public readings of this. People like to watch it happen, you know, so I'm like, whatever. But I was very eager to learn and stuff. And she just kind of decided like right away that she didn't like me for whatever reason. And so she would try to trip me up in class all the time where she would say stuff like, this play was performed in the Globe Theater, which is a what kind of a stage, Rachel? And I'd have to be like, it's a three fourths thrust stage. (laughs) And then she'd be like. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, I know that because I'm taking theater classes too. Now she was like, what 8th century Welsh lyric poet used this kind of imagery about plants, Rachel? I'd be like,
2: ah. Well, if they're Welsh, you can always say Jones and it's yeah, probably well, I'm correct.
1: Like, yeah. I don't, I, that's how you'd get me. But she would constantly try to like trip me up on acting questions. We read Antony and Cleopatra. I said I didn't like it. Uh,
2: I believe it's Anthony.
1: Isn't it Anthony? No, it is. You're totally okay, right. Okay, thank you. I said I didn't really like it. And then she said, well, you must not have read it. And I said, yes, I did. And then she said, well, you must have not understood it. I was like, yeah, I did. It was just a dumb play.
0: Like, I mean... <laughs> it's really wild when teachers or professors are like oh, yeah. clearly have a beef with somebody. Oh, yeah. Also, she tried to accuse
1: me of plagiarism without saying plagiarism. She said I subconsciously borrowed from my texts. And my mom came... my defense and my mom's like you're saying my daughter plagiarized and she's like no 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 subconsciously borrowed and my mom's like "Mm." my mom's a therapist she's like let's use our words to mean what we (laughs) want them to mean and my dad was a writer and an editor and he looked at my term paper like he looked at my final and he's like yeah she didn't read it she just did a blind edit like she just went through and edited it without reading it first and then going back and editing it Because she would write comments that would be answered on the next page. Like, you never talked about this, and it would be answered. Yeah. Because I wrote about the Scottish play, Macbeth, which I love. My topic was Macbeth and its four witches. Because I thought Lady Macbeth was also a witch. That was just my... That's fun. And I had to, like, defend my paper with her, and I just hated her so much that I was like, I don't want to be in a room with this person. Anyway, long story short, she's dead.
2: (laughs) It's not like this doesn't go on in the sciences, but at least there, there are objectively right answers, and you can point to your thing and be like, I got it right. Of course, there's still plenty of bias, et cetera, et cetera. And people can just hate you for no reason. Yeah. But every problem I've ever had like that was with a humanities instructor. I also had a problem with a Shakespeare instructor in college. Interesting. It's not even an interesting story. He just didn't like me.
0: In, you know, therapy, like therapists can have countertransference where it's like they're putting their emotions on the patient and it's like teachers do the same
2: thing. Well, and the other thing is depending on the teacher, like – Just like any job, once you get like mid-career in it, it can be mind-numbing and kind of awful. Yeah. It's interesting to put yourself in the mindset of a college professor, which I I could do because I was one. Yes, yes, we know. In order to get a professor job now, you probably need to have come from a pretty prestigious institution, at least at some point. But that's not where the jobs are. So a lot of these people are going through, you know, super high-level places and then get a job at a place they probably never would have wanted to go as an undergraduate or graduate student. And that's not that these places aren't great, because a lot of these places are amazing and have incredible faculty, but they're not like the traditionally prestigious places. And so I think a lot of faculty feel like they're better than their jobs because they're not at the amazing institutions that they came up going through. Right. This is not to excuse any behavior at all, but I saw this kind of thing a lot where someone's like, well, you know, I'm Harvard material, but instead I'm teaching at you know, someplace that is not Harvard.
1: Whenever you're doing something that's repetitive in the sense of like, so you're teaching Shakespeare, you teach it the same way probably all the time, or you're teaching whatever subject that you're supposed to teach it. You have your syllabus, you run it the same way, and you have students who will probably make The same mistakes or they make the same assumptions or the same judgments. And you're constantly having to squash the same things over and over again. I know that you've taught, Brian. I mean, I taught improv and stuff, but I would see the same kinds of jokes, the same kind of characters and the same kind of mistakes over and over and over again. And I can understand how these people are coming at it for the first time. You're not. They are. Yeah. You get tired. Yeah. You get burned out. And teachers have it rough. Like, and I get that even a college professor is working maybe two or three jobs or doing other things just to do the thing that they actually wanted to love
0: to do, you know?
1: And so I have sympathy for it. I love teaching very much also because sometimes because of those repetitive things that happen. Like, you know, when you get the guy who, Has the gay character, and I'm using air quotes here. And you just sit there and you watch them just try to be gay all over the stage or whatever they think that is. And you're just kind of sitting there. And it's always a straight guy. It's always a straight guy. And I remember (laughs) there's this one student who's doing a scene where he was being just stereotypically, not even good flaming gay. He was trying to be like that. And it was awful. And he's trying to be in the scene, but he keeps looking at me because I said I would call scene when I felt like enough had gone. So he's looking at me and looking at me and looking at me, and I'm just sitting there. I'm just sitting there staring at him. He finally stops in the scene, and he looks at me, and he goes, "Um, are you going to call scene? And I say, well, I just want you to get this all out. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you clearly are working through something. So I just get it all out. Just get it all out.
2: And I never do it again.
1: Let's get it all out, and then we can move on. And then, you know, and everybody's like, and he just kind of sat there for a second. And then I took a second and I said, listen, you're playing a stereotype, not the character. You're not playing someone who's gay. You're playing someone who's trying to play somebody who's gay. And that's why it's not working. Because you're coming with nothing. You have nothing. You have no connection to this
2: character. And it's such a stupid trope oh, to have so like dumb. the, the yeah, yeah. fratty dude who yes. plays a gay character.
1: Right. Because the first joke gets a laugh because you're not expecting, it's the things that people do when they sabotage improv things where they throw out a joke and just to fuck up the scene because they know the audience is going to laugh, but it's not about the scene work. It's about getting them looked at. You know, he apologized after the class to me and I said, look, I don't think you're a bad person. I think you were trying to be funny.
2: I think you were playing a bad person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But he was trying to be funny. And I said, and it's just not funny. If there's no commitment to it, if you actually don't believe in that character, it's not funny. So I'm sorry, just don't do it again.
0: Or like clearly don't have respect or empathy for the character because that's inherently in that stereotype. Yeah, and
1: here's, to be perfectly honest, I do understand. I've taught improv for enough time. Some people can afford therapy. And some people can afford a level one improv class and they choose. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot of times about half your class <laughs> decided, I mean, thank God there's like better help and talk space now because some people just bring us to the stage where it's like, they're just going to work it all out. You're going to be their mother in every scene and they're just going to oh. yell at you. And it's just working it. all. Out.
2: <laughs> can you tell the story? And we should probably change the name of the Italian American guy at IA.
1: Oh yes. Okay. So Improv Asylum is in the North End, which is basically Little Italy in Boston. And there was a guy who came to take classes called Lou. It's not his name. One of our teachers, a really great teacher, told him, you are straight out of Central Casting. Like, you will get work. You will get work. He's like, <laughs> I would call all the commercial agents in this town, there's like four, and get on their radar. Because first of all, he just looked amazing. He was tall. He was Like middle-aged guy, right? Middle-aged guy. He had like this cool gray-black hair. And he was so sweet. He was so nice to all of us. And he thoroughly enjoyed the classes.
2: He would do it. Like he was in it. He would
1: legitimately do it. He would do whatever you asked him to do. He was mostly himself in every scene, which is totally fine. There are actors like Tom Hanks who have made a whole career out of just being themselves, which is great. He was great, though. He was 100% committed. He was in his... Oh, 50s or 60s, something like that. He would do the weirdest things that you asked of him, never complained, loved every single minute of it, would come and see the shows, like just was a really great guy. So, one, there's a public pool in the North End, like a community pool, you know, and some of the IA teachers, young comedians, young guys, were at the pool. And they got into a bit of a kerfuffle with the, some of the neighbors. Some local youth. Some local youths. And there was like some pushing fighting and there was a fight. Well, that was over the weekend. Classes started back up again and Lou heard about it. What happened? And basically he said, I've dealt with it. <laughs> and like they got their stuff stolen and he like gave the teacher back his stuff And was like, that's never going to happen They got a public
2: apology too, And they got a
1: big apology.
2: From what I remember, he led the kids that did it into, like brought them like practically by the nape of their necks and was like, say sorry.
1: And they did. And he's like, that'll never happen again. He basically said, don't worry. Everybody knows you guys are good. Nobody messes with you. He just said everybody. And we were like, (laughs) okay. And like nothing like that ever really happened again. This guy was like legit no joke. Good for Lou. He was awesome. I loved living in the North End. I lived in a building that had three apartments in it. My landlady lived below me. Her aunt lived above me. And the landlady would come up to my apartment, knock on the door. And she would be like, I made you lazy man lasagna with extra gravy.
2: Just hand you a full lasagna. Full lasagna.
1: I love
0: when they call it gravy.
2: Yeah, the
1: marinara sauce. And she's like in her house coat, you know? And her uncle owns the building.
2: And her aunt who lived upstairs was quite old and would buy stuff at the store and couldn't bring it upstairs. So she'd just leave it at the bottom of the stairs. And I lived with Rachel in this apartment for a while. And then I would just bring it up to the third floor. It was a walk-up, you know, no elevator. And I'd just bring it up for her occasionally. She'd come down to our apartment and be like, I need a light bulb change. Can you guys help yeah, out? Yeah, or
1: she'd be like, my son left a message on my answering machine, the, yeah, and because she couldn't, she was like mostly deaf. So we would listen to the message on the answering machine and be like, your son says to meet you at the restaurant at like you know. I loved it. It was
2: a great place to live.
1: It leaned slightly, yeah. So like everything would roll to one side of the... <laughs> but. It was a great apartment, and when we left, when we packed up to move to New Jersey, it's like living in a small village, living in the North End, because she was like, I went to my brother-in-law's restaurant, and I got you this, and she got us these rice balls, which are these huge
2: deep-fried rice balls that are stuffed with, like, like cheese. It's like three inches in diameter, you know. Like a bocce ball
1: size. They were just enormous. And I got you this, and then I went to my other brother-in-law's restaurant, and I got you this, and she just loaded us up with food, calzones. Yes,
2: tons of food. And to eat
1: on the way. Because
2: she said, do you remember this? She was like, yeah. you know, we're moving to New, New Jersey, Jersey, A, where I'm from, B, the land of the Sopranos and everything. And she goes, I just don't know if you can get good Italian food like this in New Jersey.
1: Yeah. So she wanted to make sure we were loaded up for the yes. road trip to New Jersey. Yeah. That is so sweet and so fucking Italian. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was great. There was like a little cheese shop across the street from our oh, place. Blessed cheese shop, Where honestly. they would feed you. Like you're going in the order cheese and they just keep throwing cheese at you. Well, like, also, you got to try this. You've got to try this. you got to try this. Try
2: mysterious this. like reserve parking spot mm-hmm. that was clearly not reserved for you.
1: And the bench that was outside that it was always occupied by a very enormous man. Yes. Who always had people stopping by to visit him and yep. say hello. But I was, waved to
2: him. Yeah. It was an awesome place. I loved it. <laughs> to live. You know, and I was moving in there from Cambridge because I was a postdoc at MIT at the time. And it was such a different vibe. You know, Cambridge, depending on where you are, and this is at the time, too, Cambridge has Harvard and MIT. Now it has, like, tons of tech stuff, too. But at the time, I was living in Central Square, which was probably not too long before I got there, kind of a rough neighborhood. By the time I was there, it was, like, completely safe, like, no problems at all. But it's kind of right in the middle between Harvard and MIT, and kind of a history of of rough stuff going on. So Cambridge has, like, these intellectual hubs and then some kind of rough neighborhoods. And then to go from that to Little Italy was a big culture yeah. shock. It was yeah. it was great.
0: What was like the best food that you ate while you were living there? In, in Boston? Boston? Little Italy. Oh.
2: Well, Pizzeria Regina in the north end was is like classic, the classic Boston pizza place.
0: Was
1: it the Daily Catch? Is that what it was called?
2: Yes. That place was really good.
1: Oh, that was the first time I ever had squid ink pasta.
2: Yeah. That place Ooh. was great.
1: It was this tiny little hole in the wall thing. Yep. That smelled like good noodles and fish, but in yep. a really good, like clean, like a real good way. Yeah. Nice, fresh fish. I like that, that place, place a was lot. awesome. Yeah. So basically, all the restaurants in the North are known like by the same four families. So you're going to be fine.
2: Yeah. And there's the pastry shops. There's Modern Pastry, Mike's.
1: Well, yeah. Mike's is more famous, but Modern is
2: better. Yes. Someone just got mad listening to this. Oh, I'm sure this. somebody got mad.
1: <laughs> there was a restaurant that had the best coffee You could walk up to the bar and they would make you coffee. So it wasn't specifically a coffee shop, but all those restaurants have these huge windows that just open up or doors that open up. So they're always open air, especially in the summer. And I would just walk in there in the morning and get a really good cup of coffee. And I'd go to Modern and get a pastry. And then I would go and do my laundry. Like, at the laundromat, the little lavandria. And that was my Sunday. And then I'd go for a walk around the neighborhood. Because then it also, it's like a butt's, like, the waterfront, so you can walk along the waterfront and all the way back. And it was really, really Did you ever go to Manja Manja? I don't think so.
2: It was right down the street from your place, our place. And it was like a little, you know, like, old sandwich shop. I mean, it looked a little grungy, but had the best food. It's
0: always the place that looks a little grungy. Like, I I trust it. Yeah,
2: it was so great.
0: It's that old thing of like, if you go to the restaurant
1: and it's full of people who look like they should be eating there, like that's the place to eat.
2: Living down the street from the original Pizzeria Regina yeah. was the best because that pizza was so good. This is the first place I ever saw where they wouldn't give you uh crushed red pepper. They'd give you chili oil to put <gasps> yeah. on the pizza.
0: Oh my God.
2: Yeah. So and I didn't even know that. I remember visiting Boston with my family when I was probably 14 or 15 and reading some guidebook and this this is the place. We went out of our way to go to the North End, to go to Regina. Oh, so great. So good. I miss that a lot.
0: Should we introduce the show and do segments? (laughs) Oh,
2: yes. Everybody, this is Late Night with Brian Weck. This is Layton over here.
0: Yo, what's up? That one was Brian. Hi.
2: Mystery guest. Yes. care to introduce yourself? I don't think I've ever said that before, have I?
0: Yeah, that's your first time. Yeah. How's it feel? Weird. (laughs)
1: Hi, I'm Rachel. Rachel Wecht.
2: Yeah. And how do I know you? Or how do you know me? Let's center this on you.
1: Okay. How do I know you? Well, uh, we've been in a kind of a undefinable relationship for several years now. Yeah.
2: Because I refuse to define it. We're just hanging out. We're
1: married.
2: Yes. We've been married for, it'll be 14 years this October.
1: That's right.
2: Yep. And our daughter turned seven today.
1: She did. Seven at 9.01 a.m. Yep. Wow. Oh, yeah. Hello, sweetie. Oh, my gosh. So excited to be seven.
2: All week has been about birthday, birthday, birthday. It's been birthday. Our birthday
1: week because we have such amazing friends, yourself included, my goodness, wow. who keep popping by and bringing her things. Like, this kid gets so much stuff, like, and yeah. we bought her a bunch of presents for her birthday, but I'm already storing half of those
2: presents away for Christmas because- People have gotten her people so People keep much calling stuff. us, and like, we
1: love it. Like, people keep calling, and then they're like, I saw this, I'm going to send this for Audrey.
2: I don't know if you saw when I picked up the phone, or when I turned it off, do yep. you see what that was? Yeah. It was a FaceTime call from a certain Commander Meowch, yep. who I'm sure we will talk to later, but as we've talked about in this show, he and Audrey have a very special and adorable relationship. Yes. They are buds. Audrey and Kitty.
1: Audrey and Kitty. So
2: I'm sure he will call Does she still later. call him
1: Kitty? Oh, yeah. Yep. He will always be Kitty, forever and ever.
2: She's a special little kid.
1: She is. She's pretty
2: great. She likes you.
1: Oh, my gosh. She likes you. I love her so much. I like
2: how she says your name. Layton.
1: Layton. Layton. Can you Layton. come here? <laughs> it's
2: Layton. Layton is here.
1: Layton, come here. I have to show you this. Yeah, like it's very funny. She's really into older girls. She's like full on girl crush mode right now. Where
2: if there's like a cool old, older a girl. Cool she's older like girl all about who it. Who
0: pays any attention to her? It's like the best. I was totally the same way. I was yeah. especially like lucky to have a lot of older girls who were really into drawing and mm. who were really good at it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so it was like an immediate. Oh my god, I want to be like the cool yeah. older girl.
1: And it's nice too because she has girlfriends, older girlfriends that are. Into the various things that she's into as well. Like, you know, she, like you, you with, with, vi- with video, video games was and true. art
2: yeah. and arts and crafts. And also, she's really into, just like you are, Ready Player One, this book by <laughs> <laughs> Ernest Klein.
0: She loves that. It's she all the it. stuff from her childhood
2: in right. the 80s. It's exactly like marketed at seven-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huge fan of Zork and The Shining and all that stuff.
0: <laughs> Should we
2: segment? Let's do segments, yes. So our first segment, Rachel, this is our pop culture recommendation segment. It's called What's Poppin'? Mm -hmm. And now listen, I I tell our guests this every week. You won't hear the theme song, but I'm going to introduce it like you will. Okay. Here's the theme song. What's Poppin'? What's Poppin'? Okay, great.
0: That was amazing. Thank you. I admire your self-control.
2: For what? This is what I do every week. Now, let me ask you the question. Sure. Rachel, what's poppin'?
1: What's poppin'? Well, I read a really great book. It's called Sometimes You Have to Lie. It's a biography of Louise Fitzhugh, who wrote Harriet the Spy. Ooh. And that is a big book that was really quite influential to a lot of girls, particularly my age and stuff. It was just all about her life. And she was one of those people... Who, again, just moved in circles, art circles and stuff where she met literally everybody. So that was a really good book. I strongly recommend that.
2: That's a great recommendation.
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to Hacks.
2: Well, there is a show we've been watching together, though, on Peacock.
1: Oh, Girls 5eva. Yes. Which is very cute.
2: Do you know about this, Layden? No. It's created by Meredith Scardino. That sounds right. That sounds right. But it's a Faye Carlock-produced show. And it's about a girl group from the 90s, kind of like the Spice Girls, yep. called Girls Five Eva, starring Busy Phillips, Paula Pell, uh, Sarah Borellis. Sarah Borellis, who plays Wiki? What's her name? Renee. Oh, I don't yeah. remember she's her full name. Soaps. She's amazing. Yeah, she's a soap yeah. opera person. And now it's 20, 30 years later. And one of their big signals was sampled by a rapper and a hit song. And now they're like got some buzz again. Yep. And so they're getting back together to, like, kind of try to capitalize on that. And it's very, very funny. It's that joke machine-style Faye Carlock thing. Busy Phillips is amazing on that show. She's so funny. I know.
1: That character that she's doing. She's, like, doing this thing, like, talk about lip fillers, where she really pushes out her mouth when she talks. That woman is so funny. That sounds delightful. Yeah, and I'm trying to read more. I keep requesting all this stuff from the library, and then it just sits, and I'm like, eek. Oh, if you want to get like mad, um, listen to there's a podcast called The Cost of Care by Lemonata Media, which is basically talks about our broken healthcare system. <laughs> if you're really like, Ugh, man, I think we have it too good here in America with our healthcare system. Listen to that.
0: Everyone thinks this. Everybody's always saying it.
1: Yeah. So cheap. It's just fascinating. So I like that one. And then the last thing I'll say is just because talking about Audrey and stuff and what she's into, the Hilo book series. I don't know if I've recommended that before, but Hilo
2: by Judd Winnick
1: Winnick is the best book series. And I think everybody should just read it.
2: It's so fun and funny and colorful and well-written.
1: It is so funny for even adults. Like we read it to her. It's a graphic novel series. And the art is adorable, and the whole plot is adorable. he's so funny. And he's so funny. Like, cackle out loud. All of us funny. And so I say read it for yourself, but if you have young peoples in your life and you're always looking for gifts and you want to do books or whatever, the Hilo book series. There's seven books. And they read really quick. And she also will just go back and pick a random book. Endless rereading. Endless rereading. And every time you read it, you find more and more things because he hides a lot of stuff in his art.
0: I love that shit as a kid. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Lots of visual jokes.
1: Lots of visual jokes and lots of jokes that pay off pages later, which yeah. I also love. There's a character who can build robots out of anything, and the robots do all sorts of weird stuff. Like, I built a weasel that answers your phone. This is a chicken whose butt falls off when she's angry. And then, like, four pages later, you'll see this weasel enter with, like, a phone (laughs) and just hand
2: it to someone. Or there's a phone ringing in the background.
1: And you see the weasel in the background run off the page.
2: He was on the real world, He was. He
1: was on the San Francisco season, one of the more popular ones.
2: Early days. Yeah. It's the best. Everyone I've recommended this series to just loves it. And people with kids are like, oh my God, this is like my kid's favorite thing.
1: And it's exactly the kind of story that
2: you want. It's funny. It's smart. It's diverse. It's the best. Amazing. Yeah. Layton, what's popping?
0: What's popping for me since we were talking about sketches is a sketch from a show I've never watched, but it's called Update Day from Nirvana, the band, The Show. So that's what's popping for me.
2: Great. Brian, did you do your... I didn't. I'm waiting for someone to ask oh, me. Oh, hey,
0: Brian. Yes, what? What's pooping?
2: Uh, what's pooping for me, it's a Twitter account <laughs> that I've really been enjoying recently. Oh,
1: dear. It's not your own, is it? Because that's lame. Yes, Don't it's do that. at
2: Be Whacked, no. and the content is just five stars, A+++. <laughs> no, it's at Dudes Posting Their Ws. Have you seen <laughs> yes. this? Oh, yes, I've seen it. It's that. really cute, and it, it's very popular. I legitimately thought the lights just flashed, but it was because I blinked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably got like a million followers now, so I don't think it's exactly unpopular, but it's just the wholesomest shit. Like, I teared up reading a couple of those posts. They're just so cute and fun, and I love them. So yeah. it's if you want to see some wholesome Twitter stuff, as I think, I think there's a growing backlash against Twitter bullshit, and it's just nice to see a fully wholesome, fun account. And this is absolutely one of them.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure that account is in response to the extremely misogynistic account Women Posting Their
2: L's. Oh, I didn't know this.
0: Yeah, so that's a thing. It's terrible. And the guy who made and runs that account is a huge piece of shit. And he made one of the worst short films I've ever the seen in my life. Women Posting Their L's account. Yeah, it's called Penis Boy. And it's oh god,
2: the worst short film. Is it like MRA bullshit?
0: not really. It's like, haha! it's funny when we kill sex workers kind of oh, short okay, film. Got it. Oh, um, so yeah, exactly what you would expect from a guy making that account. So it's nice. I had
2: no idea that was a response to something awful, which makes it yeah. maybe yeah. even better.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Now our next segment.
0: Our next segment is part airing of a petty grievance and the three-part gratitude exercise called Peaches and Lemons. Here's that theme song right here, now. Peaches and Lemons. And so we'll start with lemons, which are things that are tiny bummers.
2: I can go first. It's related to something discussed earlier in the show, which is my dental surgery. Oh. Now, on last week's show, I revealed that I was doing a writing retreat for my Smooth Jazz album this coming week. Oh, no. I was told by my dentist today that I can't play the saxophone for two months. (laughs) Which I thought this was going to be like a two- or three-day recovery period. Um, I didn't realize it was like I was gonna be getting stitches and basically be out of mouth commission for I have to chew on one side of my mouth for two weeks, which it's not a big deal. But I just like would have scheduled this fucking thing differently if I had yeah. known. Yeah. It's not gonna be a deal breaker, I think. But when I they were checking in with me this morning via text and I texted them back, just asked them this question about sex, and they were like, Yeah, probably four to eight weeks, probably Ugh. eight. And I was like, guys, if there's gonna be a long recovery period, you have to tell people that. Because yeah. I, like, scheduled kind of a work thing. around. Like, if I was a pro and I was scheduling gigs, I'd be fucked. Yeah. I'm still looking forward to going on it. I'm still going to get shit done. But I can't do the most important part of the album. Yeah. Which yeah. doesn't totally destroy the retreat, but it makes it less it's productive. Bummer. It's a bummer. It's a big
0: bummer. It's a big part of the retreat.
2: Yeah. yeah. They found that out this morning.
0: Is the fear with not doing it, like, that it'll pop the stitches or whatever? Yeah. With the so they
2: just said, really baby the mouth. It takes... A while. Let me get that to you, clean baby. The mouth, it stitches, and they don't want you to fuck it up.
0: I like that baby. The mouth sounds like a mafia name. Uh-huh. It sounds like a band.
2: Baby, that's baby. baby the mouth. The mouth. Yeah. Yes, that's right. It's like Mott the Hoople. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I was just listening to Mott the Hoople the other <laughs> day. You know that song, all the young dudes, right? I don't, all I don't. the young dudes. Oh, probably. Well, we wrote it and gave it to Mott the Hoople, and they initially turned it down. And then they were like, maybe we should actually do this because it's an amazing song. That's tight. Anyway, so that's my lemon. I'm bummed that I can't shove a wind instrument in my mouth for two months. Rachel, lemon. Yes.
1: My lemon is people not getting back to you. Um, and I will say specifically friends. Me? No, friends. <laughs> I've been reaching out to a couple of friends on multiple platforms, <laughs> which is what really sucks, and not getting back to me. And one of my friends, they even went through his wife. I was like, could you have him call me? And she was like, oh yeah, of course, of course. And then what I also hate about it is that it doesn't matter how old you are. You immediately think, what did I do? Do they hate me? Are they mad at me? What could I have possibly done or said that upset them? And if they are upset with me, like we're too old for this shit, tell me. You're upset with me. And I know it's not it. People are just flaky. People are, you know, slowly coming out of their... COVID cocoons. I get it. Like, but I'm not asking for much. Can you just call me back? Can you just send a text Two back? seconds to send a text. Exactly. And like, even if the text says well, fuck one off guy or whatever. About, yeah. Then
2: you saw him post on Facebook, hey, I'm fully vaxxed. Who wants to hang? Yeah. And it's like... Uh,
1: the person who's been calling you for weeks. Ugh,
2: sorry, I got loud. It's very annoying. It's
1: so annoying. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is I don't have a lot of like good friends. I mean, because, you know, those... People tend to peel off the older you get.
2: And we've moved around a lot. We've moved
1: around a lot. You get a core group of friends. And, like, I'm not in an office. I don't go someplace where I can easily make new friends. So I'm like, please, friends that I have, talk to me. Like, Yeah, it's a two-way street. That's right. It's so annoying, you know? Anyway, that's my lemon. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Layden.
0: My lemon is not a specific lemon, but what happens when you have a day where a bunch of like tiny lemon slices stack on top of Uh each other, like a bunch of little things, and then by the end of the day, you're fucking pissed and just like, fuck, fuck. And then you feel stupid for being so mad. or It's like nothing bad happened. It was just a bunch of tiny inconveniences, and now I'm all worked up. And yeah, that's the most frustrating thing. Yesterday was one of those days where like, By the end of the day, I was walking down my street, and I'm usually the one who takes my cans out from my apartment complex because none of my neighbors will do it. Yeah. And even when I was leaving this morning, the empty cans were still on the street, and I was just like, "Motherfucker,
2: somebody take these goddamn cans in!" But why, when they have a magical elf that takes the cans in and out every week? And I'm guilty.
0: I've had periods where, like, I I don't do it, but then it gets to a point where people don't take out the trash. And so because I am on a street that gets a lot of traffic, people use our trash cans as if they are public trash cans, right. which is super great and cool. And I love it when I don't have room to put my trash in. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so is one of those. Hmm. Peaches. That
2: sucks. All right, peaches.
0: All right. Two of my peaches are related. My first one is that uh, after we recorded the other day, I went to McDonald's uh, Mm -hmm. drive-thru and got a hot fudge sundae. And I truly believe McDonald's hot fudge sundaes are like one of the greatest Uh things in the world. I don't know what it is about it. And then the second peach is that I was like waiting on my burger. So they had me park in one of the spots and there was an empty spot next to me and my ice cream was melting and I was trying to like eat it before I got my (laughs) stuff, which like is just a theme throughout my life of me eating a rapidly melting hot fudge sundae in my car. But like huge SUV pulls up two spaces over and the windows down and this little kid is like, At me, waving. (laughs) Yeah, and yells like, I like your hair. And I was like, Thank (laughs) you. That's really sweet. And he was like, Did you buy your car? And I was like, Yes, (laughs) which is not true. But, (laughs) and and I was like, Yeah, yeah, I totally did. He holds up a big phone and he's like, My phone is cracked. And I hold up mine and I'm like, Yeah, mine too. And then he starts telling me about his sister being asleep next to him. And it was the sweetest interaction. And I was just like, Are you excited to get McDonald's? And he was like, Yeah. And I was like, Me too. I love it. And then I it. when I drove off, we did the furious wave again. Little kids
2: paying people compliments. Audrey will do this all the time. She'll scream at someone, I
1: like your dog. <laughs> yeah.
2: I like your mask. That's
1: one that she's yes. going to scream at. I love, at. Your, I I love mask. your I love your hair.
0: She'll
2: just compliment yeah. people kind of randomly without any baggage. It's just yeah. like, this is cool. It's so genuine and fun. I love that.
0: It was super precious. And I was like nearly tearing up because I was leaving it locked. Cause I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> children are so cool. They're so cute. <laughs> Oh, my third one is that there is a very, very good uh, taco truck mm. near my place that Yay. I haven't been to in a while. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I got a chorizo quesadilla last night. Mm. Ugh. And it's like wet. You pull it out of the bag and like your hands are covered in red grease. Oh, yes. And there's a chorizo pool on the plate. Yeah. Yes,
2: it's the best. And I
0: didn't get acid reflux, which is oh, a big old W for me. Yay. Yeah. So those are my peaches. That's great. Yay. I can go. Sure.
1: My peaches are, I finally... Found and bought Valentina hot sauce, mm. which is not a hard thing to find, but it's been hard for us to find it. Like I don't know what I'm doing wrong. What kind of hot sauce is it?
2: You know, it's just red the hot standard, sauce. Like
1: it's just so
2: it's the best. Good. It's the best hot it's sauce. It's so good. Hands
1: down. So I finally found that and I've been putting it on everything. Good on everything. Like I like weird flavor combinations. Like so yesterday, for example, I had a piece of pepperoni pizza, crumbled blue cheese, Ooh. Valentina dressing. And then I went into a salt coma. It was so good. That's brilliant. It was so good. So that's one peach. My second peach is I've been getting more auditions lately, which has been great. Mm-hmm. And callbacks. haven't landed anything yet. You know, talent scouts are out there listening. I'm still available. So you can still book me. But that's been more fun. Go to
2: brianweck.com.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and my third peach is that Audrey School is having a little gala charity event thing this Saturday. And Audrey's music teacher asked if Audrey and I would want to perform something. And so we are going to sing Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better. And we practiced it yesterday.
2: She is capital A acting.
1: Is there going to be a video of this? Yes. We'll do a video of it, yes. And she's crushing it. She's crushing it. This kid is so quick at songs. She hears a song once and she's got most of it, most of the lyrics and everything. Like.
2: She's got good pitch, she's got good rhythm.
1: She puts a little pizzazz on it. Like we're acting it out together and I'm like really acting at her and she's really acting back at me. Believe it or not, folks, she does get shy. Like she will get like burp and clam up a little bit, but I'm so excited to do this with her because also just to, just to have something
2: it's like a full this. It's family performance. I'm playing yeah. piano.
1: Yes, <gasps> oh my and gosh. just to have something like this, like my dad was an actor and I never got to do anything with him before he died. If I had something like this, of him and me together singing or whatever, ugh, like I'm already tearing up, to have this is mm-hmm. like a bit, real big peach. So I'm very excited about it. Yeah,
2: it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Can you tell Layton when Audrey came in while we were recording the other day, which people <laughs> have now heard because we that's staying in the episode.
1: <sighs> okay. I don't know what she was doing. I think she was just reading or playing or something. And I had to take a shower because I had just worked out and it was gross. And we had people coming over and I was like, I want to take a quick shower. So I looked at her and I was like, I'm going to be in there in the bathroom. I'm going to take a quick shower. Is that okay with you? Yeah, yeah, mommy, that's fine. And I said, okay, if you need something, I'm only going to be in there for like five minutes. But if it's an emergency, you can come in and get me. Like I leave the door open when I'm showering. It's just her and me so I can hear what's going on. If in case there's a crash and a mommy come help. And she knows that when Brian is recording, you don't bother him. You don't bother him. You talk to me. You don't need to go to daddy. It can wait. I must have been in the shower for like two minutes. <laughs> Apparently, I find this out after the fact. Knock, came out knock, here. Knock knock knock, 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 click, open the door in the middle of the like recording. Dad, dad, Fully dad, like coily hanging on yeah. the doorknob. And then I find out about it after the fact. And I was like, Audrey. <laughs> What was it all for? I, I got scared. You got scared. <laughs> I was like Audrey. I was showering in the bathroom that's next to our living room. The door was open. I'm like, you could have come in and sat in the bathroom with me if you were scared. Well, I did. I just and I, I, I was like, <laughs> no, no. You wanted to bother somebody. <laughs> You bothered Daddy. Like, because you knew. Daddy and Layton and, Layton and, Aaron, and Aaron were it, there. Like, you knew that there were people to bother. Then she, you know, <laughs> you know started crying. i was just like,
0: oh <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, I took a bathroom break and went inside. And Audrey was sitting, like, on the floor in the kitchen. And I was like, oh, I can't reward this behavior. I'm just in Some here to go potty. Poised waiting for you to yeah, come back in. Yeah, I yeah. Know. <laughs> Yep. Yep.
2: All right. My peaches. Peach number one, as we talked about. Our little girl turned seven today. And people have been so sweet to her, Mm -hmm. just calling and bringing stuff. You, Leighton, Justin, and Stella came over the other day. We have some friends coming over tonight. She's having a tiny party. We said she could have two friends over this weekend. Mm -hmm. And she's our little girl, and she's grown up. Yeah. I love it. Seven years old, it's a pretty fun birthday, Mm -hmm. because they think it's like super big time. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You're like the biggest kid ever. It's great to see this kid become a wonderful, even bigger kid. Peach number two is because I had my dental surgery for dinner last night, I had a milkshake. And that was it. And I can't even remember the last time I just had a whole milkshake by myself. Like, I don't think it's been the last 10 years.
0: No. Uh, What kind of milkshake?
2: It was strawberry. And Rachel made it for me.
1: Well, yeah, it was McConnell's Santa Barbara strawberry. So it's like strawberry strawberry chunks and chunks. Yeah, I made it for him. Even Audrey was like, that's for daddy? (laughs) That whole thing?
2: I will have like a sip of yours. You'll have like half of mine or something.
0: But like a milkshake is totally a meal. Yeah,
2: totally. That's a substantial investment.
0: That's like I'm going to sleep after this, though. Yes,
2: which I did pretty much.
0: Yeah.
2: My third peach is that I am very happy. What you're giving me a look? Like like, I'm waiting. My third peach is my amazing wife, Rachel.
1: (laughs) That's not.
2: You were winking at me the whole time. You were staring daggers at me and winking. You mouthed your name. No,
1: I'm so glad I could publicly shame you into loving me. Yeah. Go
2: on. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is, so we reset up this garage to be, like, recordable in. Mm-hmm. And I really like how it came together. Like, it feels like a fun little space now. I packed up the drum set. They're in their own little drum houses over there. Yep. And, yeah, I just love it. This feels like it's kind of a change in the vibe here, but in a good, fun way. So it's yeah. nice to have this, like, now permanent space, which... You know, hopefully, if COVID numbers stay nice and low and medical advice doesn't change, we'll be recording in person, you know, regularly. Definitely not every week because we'll still have remote guests and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But like regularly enough.
0: It's nice. It's a good energy. It's a very different thing. And we can film it and actually have us physically in the same space. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. Break protocol
1: and add another peach. Yeah. Of Is course. that possible? Bonus peach. Bonus peach. Audrey and I went on a roller coaster at Disney together. It was her first full adult roller coaster that she'd ever been on. She's been on little kitty ones at like county fairs and stuff. Didn't like them. Not at first, but yes, we went on Thunder Mountain. I don't know what people's like, well, it wasn't a real roller coaster or whatever you want to say. Don't say it. Like, I
2: don't care but. <laughs> Thunder Mountain's a real roller yeah, coaster no, it by is, any but I definition. don't know if there's
1: purists or something. I don't know. I like wait, roller wait. coasters, you, but I'm not a. You
2: expect me to believe that there are theme park purists out there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we went on Thunder Mountain together and, you know, with kids, it could have gone either way. And we got to the end and I looked at her and she said, again, and we went on it again. And she wanted to go on it again, but we needed to go do other things. So I have a roller coaster buddy because Brian can't go on roller coasters. You're not a
0: roller coaster person? They're too
2: much fun. And, <laughs> and I don't like fun. having fun. Yeah, no, if I have too much fun, I'm just out of commission for a few days. No, I get pretty severe motion sickness.
0: That's so. very interesting because I'm so prone to motion sickness in cars and with video games, but roller coasters. Not once ever.
2: I love him. I've been literally laid up for days by going on a roller coaster. So at this point, like, if I think it's going to be anything like that, I just won't chance it.
1: No. Yeah. So now I have a roller coaster buddy. If you would like a fellow roller coaster buddy, that would be honored. Well, it's also be nice to switch off. Yeah. Like if we go to an amusement park with Audrey, then we can switch off. I would
0: love to go oh, with you guys to an great. amusement park. Yes. Oh my God. So yes. much.
1: It's the best. Because I like roller coasters very much, but I also have a limit of yes. when I'm like, I can't do this again. I can't go on one of the loop de loop de ones again without ever just being
2: destroyed. Mm. But I do like them. Yeah. You know what'd be really fun?
0: Hmm.
2: Now hear me out. Oh dear. Late at night with Brian Weck, The Ride. <laughs> right.
0: It's one of the universal ones, like yes, the Spider-Man ride. Yes, it's a suspended
2: ride. roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. You constantly think it's going to go in one direction, and then it veers off into something really boring for half an hour.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the classic like universal ride, like, oh, we're just going on a tour, and then, uh-oh, something's gone wrong. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love those. Do you remember when we were in Salem,
1: Massachusetts, and we went on that pirate tour It was like through a museum, like a pirate's museum, Uh because Salem has this weird thing where it's a lot of witch stuff, but then they're also like, but remember, we're also a port. So they kind of fight with each other of like, remember, we also have boats and we didn't just burn people. Boat witches. Yeah, Yeah. So like... We went on this pirate tour with this really Massachusetts guy. Oh, yes. And do you remember remember he's one of those tour guides who has memorized the script, but doesn't know it well enough that if he gets knocked off the script, can just jump back in. He has to start over (laughs) from whatever paragraph he was on. And there was a kid that kept touching the mannequins because it's in like some weird old house. There's just mannequins everywhere. That's like their big thing in Salem. There's lots of mannequins. And this kid kept messing with the mannequins and something because the parents would checked out <laughs> Every time he did interrupt, he had to start over again. And it was like... With his accent. Also, you're like right there. You're like right next to him. So you can't be like... Uh, 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 you know, because you can't <laughs> yeah. remember. it. Oh, yeah. Salem. Beautiful. Which
0: city?
2: Well, this was fun.
0: This was really delightful. This was great. And you realize
2: your old episode, your other episode, is one of our most popular ever. It's Hi.
0: true. I believe it. <laughs>
1: I'm enchanting. Deservedly so. I am delightful.
2: So we had you back, not only because we like you, but also for the rating spike.
1: No, no, I completely understand. No, it's great. I like talking to adults. I yeah. don't do it often. <laughs> it's fun. Yay. Where can people find your stuff online? Oh, I'm on the onlines. I have a YouTube And a tweeter. I think I'm just Rachel Wecht. Like, honestly, I'm the only one out there. So if you Google Rachel Wecht. Which is
2: shocking, given how Jewish my last name is. Yeah,
1: and how (laughs) Jewish I am.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That's good SEO. Rachel, I think at one point you joked that you got like a thousand percent more Jewish when you became Rachel Wecht as opposed to Rachel Bidney. Just by
1: um, getting the name.
2: Which is ironic because my first name is straight up Celtic.
1: Yeah. And I'm straight up Celtic with the Jewish name. Yes. But yeah, so if you just Google me, you'll find my stuff. I got to post more stuff on the YouTubes, but I got some videos on YouTube that I'm pretty proud of. And I'm on Twitter a lot. And I have an Instagram that I'm also trying to be better on. And people seem to like it. People seem to like my little videos or whatever. And you can, you know, if you have suggestions or if you want to see decent content, people. Enchanting content. Enchanting. Delightful content.
2: Your your Instagram handle is at Danny underscore underscore Avidan. No. Right?
1: (laughs) No, I don't even know who that is. I'm just Rachel Wecht. Stop by, guys. Stop by. Say hi. Let's have a coffee together. Just real
2: quick, though. Don't come to my house.
1: No. I meant stop by on the internet. Oh, yes. Digitally. Right.
2: Folks. Anything you want to say?
0: Yeah. Thank you for listening. Hope you're all doing well. And as always, please stay safe and come hard. That's the end of the episode.
2: Did you know we did that? Yeah. Oh, you've seen the shirts.
0: I've seen the shirts and you've, yeah, you've told
1: me... And yeah. I've heard you guys before. Okay, just making sure. All right, now, yeah. All
2: right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Kisses.
2: Late Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore night, or email us at Leighton Night at gmail.com.